Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a musician currently making music as big black delta whose fantastic album four came out a handful of months ago and who just recently had two songs featured on the soundtrack for bill and ted face the music please welcome somebody of whom i've been a fan for quite a while jonathan bates welcome hey bud Thank hey. you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. This is a real treat for me. It's very exciting. Likewise. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, the very, very fun question. How are you? I'm okay, and that's okay. Yeah. That's the, I mean, it's actually that, the answer to that is real simple. It's like, I'm okay. I have, I think like pretty much every other human being right now that's, that would be listening to this, I have no idea, I have no idea what what future means. I have no idea what income and money means and security. And just learning how to not maybe think that way anymore and just be more adaptive so that to surf shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be a net, not a not a sail. That's a good way to look at it. The way I see it is like right now and I feel like for you know, going forward in general, I just want to be okay. I don't need to be the two polarities, hopefully, of awful or amazing. If I'm just okay, I can deal with that. Mm. And that's like the only only semblance of like relative control or at least convincing myself I have some semblance of control in all this that gives me like comfort to, okay, I can deal with. I think I'll be okay. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, being raised in the society that we have, if you've been in the, in the U.S. since the 90s, it's always just like there always has to be a next, a bigger, better Batter version of shit and that's good to a certain degree but then there's also something to be said for just enjoying whatever collection of life lessons you have at this moment yeah yeah there's definitely something i'm trying to be more conscious of too is living in the now as opposed to to your point of thinking about the thing that's next especially right now just with shit i don't know what i really more than ever don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring amidst all of this because Time feels like such like more of a concept than ever with these last uh, nine months, whatever it is. Like, um, how have you been in this time? In well, since March? <clears throat> like we were discussing earlier in my research into getting my meth- mental health in line, I, I, I started taking Lexapro mm-hmm. in 2019, and you know you combine that with seeing a therapist twice a month for the last four or five years. I've been okay, man. Um, you know, I'm not a partier. I don't go to clubs. I really stay at home like, and make things. So if I'm not making music, I'm making a guitar or I'm learning how to grow a weird plant, not marijuana, because that's just boring. <laughs> but, you know, like, so it's not been that insane. There's been a lot, you know, and like I said, um, the last four or five years of intense therapy, I've been quote unquote doing the work. If you'll let me get Oprah on you, you know what I mean? And no, I know exactly what you mean. Right. And so silence and being with myself now is something I enjoy, which I never, ever could fucking do. Like never since, not since I was like puberty. I think it's when puberty and that self-realization of sexuality and trying to be cool and, and all these other things take over that uh, I stopped thinking 
like that, like an eight-year-old who's just like, I've got this thing. I like to eat my cereal. I'm going to part, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of a thing. And Trying to drop affectation. Yeah, just, just being. And so you combine that. I'm lucky enough to have a very kind, present girlfriend who we, we see each other half time of the week. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm thankful I've been okay in that sense. You know, and in other senses, it's just like, what a year to fucking quit drinking, right? <laughs> yeah. This would be the year to get away with it. Like, if I wanted to go back to the way I was, which was like, you know, piggy, piggy, piggy. Yeah. And the shit, like, I could have gotten away with it this year, you know? I, yeah, I, I know we talked about it before, you know, before recording, but we have those similar timelines of getting sober. I was got on Lexapro. 2019, same. Been going to therapy, although for a lot less time. I guess I just had to get to that point where I was really ready to do that work too. Because I, in my mind, there was this is just justifying it, but justifying not doing it. But I was just like, with therapy and a lot of other things, you you get out what you put in, and I'm very like conscious of being as honest and as truthful and representative as possible, so I can get what I what I not just want, but need out of it, you know? And thank God I, I my timeline was that because, man, I, this, this year would be exponentially harder if I didn't have some of that mental infrastructure. Oh, I, dude, I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't even want to fucking... <laughs> I know, I don't even want, yeah. I don't even want to, because it's just, like I said, I could have gotten away, I could have totally gotten away with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because this is a period of time where, like, you you might not hear from somebody for like five months and not even think about it. It is weird. You know what I mean? And sure. so, but in a way, serendipity in the universe, which for most of my life I thought was against me. I thought it was like a cruel bully. Anytime I would get any kind of happiness, it would yoink it from under me. Yeah. It's kind of neat to have be like, well, maybe it's not because look where you're at right now. You're like perfectly ready for this moment. And on top of that, it's like I'm writing more music than I've ever had, you know, like I have a bunch of other things in the works and I'm having a good time doing it and not to gloat, but it sounds like I'm gloating, you know? Well, I think you have every right to. I mean, it's, I will say that when I was watching, speaking of, of just things that you've worked on, when I was watching the Bill and Ted movie, I was like, oh shit, is that a big black Delta song? And then to see that you had well, first track and then the sixth track on the soundtrack, how did that come about? So that came about by uh, an old friend of mine named Jonathan Leahy, who's like the music supervisor's music supervisor. Okay. So he's he's like, I I met him when he just said I, I think he'd come to L.A. and you know he's a musician as well, and we just stayed friends because we like woodworking and engineering and precision machining and stuff like that, which by the way is like Xanax if you YouTube it. Just type in precision machining and just watch like these machines make tubes and stuff. It just like calms the shit out of you. Okay, I'm going to watch that. But anyway, my whole life I've been a shredder, you know, like I say shredder. But like, you know, I grew up on Van Hagar, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. like, and then switched to Pantera and then to, you know, Dream Theater and all these things that were not in vogue as soon as I got good at it. <laughs> and so that movie was coming around and he called me and he was just like, I'm doing this. And at first I didn't even assume. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't even think he called me for it. He was just like, who do you think should be in the movie? 
And so I was just listing off my favorite dudes and a couple months would go by and then it would be like, hey, what do you think about this? And it was just, a, it was a very natural progression to like giving opinions to ultimately scoring scenes and, and writing music specific for the movie. You know, and that's the thing is like when you're in the right place at the right time, those songs I think I wrote in, I don't know, like, like wrote and recorded in like two hours. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was just like the right guy at the right place at the right time. More uh, serendipity, right? So yeah, I, I, so yeah, I got that, I got that gig because of Jonathan Leahy combined with serendipity, you know, and he's a guitarist too. And he's also just a, an engineer. Like, so he like refurbishes old seventies amplifiers and things like that for fun. Oh, that's cool. So it's, it's, you know, when you meet somebody that can speak the same language you do in these kind of things and there's a synergy and things happen fast. That's why I'm on the planet. That's what I love the most. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like, it doesn't matter if we're building a house or you know what I mean, or replacing brakes on your car or whatever. But when it's like done right with the right tool and everybody's having a good time, uh, God, is uh, there's just nothing better. You like the alchemy of that? Yeah, harmony. Like yeah. My, my favorite thing in life is harmony, counterpoint, the, so the sound of like three or four notes playing together. And, you know, engines are harmony. They're just synergy of, of, of gears and things like that. Human beings can be, I view mental health that way. Absolutely. So like... You know, like if I drink enough water in the morning to alkalize my body so then I can have the coffee so I'm on a plain field and, you know, and you eat enough of this and do that. And then it's like it just makes this meat suit trip <laughs> enjoyable. And, it, and yeah. you don't have to be the Jeff Buckley martyr, you know, busking in yeah. the corner for hallelujah. Like you can if you want. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, but it did, like art doesn't necessarily have to be pain. I mean, you know, pain is there. Like pain is there. Dude, I mean. I swear to fucking God, you, even if you're the dumbest dude on the planet, you're still feeling pain as much as the most intelligent man. I think, I really believe that. I, I believe that no matter where, if I were to drop you in any meat suit on this planet, the ratio would be the same. Well, I mean, it makes sense though, because if everything's painful, nothing's painful. Like you have to have the bad to offset the good and contextualize the good as much as that sucks. Like, you know, if every movie was great, none of them would be. Also, things change. Like, I yeah. who t somebody told me this or I read it, but like, don't judge your music. I'd wait 10 years. And so it's like my old band, Melodrone. Like, I mean, dude, we couldn't get anybody but our friends to come to the shows and nobody gave a shit. And then it's like 10 years later, you're getting emails from Lord and Manson and people like that. And then you play a show and everybody's like, we love you. And you're just like, where the fuck? What the fuck? I don't <laughs> understand how this works. And, it, you know, it's not up to you. Yeah. So that's what I meant about like, you know, the one thing I've learned most out of anything is just, dude, be the kind, truthful you. And eventually the universe will sync up with you. Yeah. And you don't have to go running for love or the admiration or the acceptance or any of these other things that are viable things. You know, people that pick on other people for wanting love or, or wanting to be, have attention are the biggest posers in the world. You know what I mean? Those are some miserable people who want other people to also be miserable so they don't feel miserable. Yeah, it's the same person that's angry about this whole student debt canceling because they're like, yeah. I had to pay it. Why, why can't you? And it's just like, that's reptilian thinking, homie. You know, essentially. It's also is, devoid of empathy on any level. Right. And that is, we're not going to ascend to the next place as a species if people keep doing that. Yeah.
you know what's really cool about this body is if you look at it it is it's kind of the hardware is all ready for like telepathy and all these other things it's just that the software isn't there yet if you will forgive all these fucking analogies and it's just like you know we're not going to get to telepathy and anti-gravity until we can all fucking behave <laughs> it's like lexapro with me for sure of, of like until we get out of our own way we'll never get there but yeah it's like uh we're capable of so much more and i say that and just the human body in and of itself is like a fucking miracle just that it works you know like to the degree i mean it's that- a miracle but if you're hungry I don't know if you've ever like not been able to eat food because you don't have money, but like then it's hell on earth, and then it's then you become then you become a reptile, and then your your sole existence is just to get sustenance. And I've been there too. And and you know the only way this is really going to work is everybody gets you know universal income. There's food taken care of so that people can actually stop and think like what is it that I'm here to do? And then and that might that's not going to happen for generations. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But no, I think to your point though, yeah, I think everybody. Everybody should be given the same resources of income, healthcare, these obvious, no shit, like fucking, of course, things to me that seem to be impossible for whatever fucking reason, but to be put on that same even plane and then we all go from there. The beauty of that is that it'll make it fun for everybody, then it won't be it won't suck to go to the movies. It won't suck to try to fucking get parking somewhere. It won't suck to go to fucking Costco on a Saturday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because everybody's going to be like, no, you first. Oh, thank you. No, you first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not that, you know, it's like a Miami airport. I don't know. I grew up in Miami, but if you've ever been to Miami airport, it's the rudest fucking place I've ever been in my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious though, before sobriety for you and kind of being even out, relatively speaking, with something like Mexapro, what has been like making music for you since then? Well, okay. I, um, I've been making stuff like since I was a kid, yeah? Yeah. So it, it's really like taught me to, I don't put so much on music now. I don't look at it and be like, define me, fix mm-hmm. me, do all these things. I go to it as something as a pleasurable thing for myself now. And and so that's how I view music. And then when I do that with 30 odd years of recording skill and I can play most instruments very well, it it just, you know what I feel like now? I feel like Mickey and Fantasia. That's what it feels like. Cause I'm just like, dun, 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 and I'm like, I'm gonna put some xylophones over here. And because of like logic and all these other programs. And, and if you can do things now without having to hire a whole orchestra, so to speak. And so it's like, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine that's working on a record right now that I'm trying to get him in the same mind frame, which is like, dude, imagine you're the 10 year old you, but with like 30 years of experience, what would that sound like? You know? yeah. yeah. It's just being like the fucking ultimate ninja and then putting it in an eight year old's body with kindness. And it's just like, that's fun, man. <laughs> I'd say it's not life or death. It's, oh, this is like, this is play. This is play now. At least for me, yeah. Yeah. And especially now in our current world, I, I, I don't necessarily want to hear you complain because I know how you feel. I know. I already heard it. I, I feel it. Like, like <laughs> yeah. but if you can make me you know, that line from uh, Bad Santa, it's like, you can make my day any worse, lady. You go right on ahead kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like my job now with this clarity that I have if I'm allowed to, is just to bring as much joy in whatever room I'm in at that time. I love that. Yeah, I know that in your in <clears throat> some interviews I heard with you recently too, you were just talking about 
being mindful of, of being of service. Yeah. And is that something that came with sobriety as well? Is that something you've been arrived to as a result? Yeah. Because like I said earlier about being hungry, right? When you don't, yeah. when you don't have food, you steal, um, you lie, you cheat, and you do these things that in a sense you kind of have to do to, to survive. It's like the, the old Spartan myth of an eight-year-old boy having to spend a year like doing that in order to become a, a man. And with clarity, I was able to get my finances together to, to, to do things so that like I wasn't constantly in fear of being evicted somewhere and all these other things. And so that really fucking helped. And then with that calmness came other things that beget other things that beget other things. And all of a sudden I'm a normal human being and not freaking out, not trying to take a pill or drink just to freak out, to stop the freak out, you know? Yeah. I'm, I forgot what you asked me initially. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just thinking just about the, the being more mindful or, or aware of just being of service. Right, that, right, right, right. That and mindset. So, so like as you stop feeling like shit all the time, you start feeling all these new kind of nice things, right? Like yeah. calmness, like just being okay, like all these different shades of, wow, this is nice. This is not depression. And then you feel being of service clear for the first time in years where you're just like you do things for other people because you, you're not looking for anything in return. You don't want them to say that you're a great little dude. It was just nice to do at that moment or it had to be done. And, you know, statistically, 98% of the time, no one ever thanks you for it because if you do it right, no one notices. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of you that wants a fucking parade. <laughs> yeah. And I am always interested when that guy pops up, when it's just like, look, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, I know, but they didn't even say thank you. And it's just like, you know, I'm, this is within myself. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't even know you did anything. You know what I mean? And it, <laughs> You're not doing it to, to, as a form of like compensation or, right. or, or distraction right. from and things you don't want to deal with. You're, out, you're, you're already out of your own way and you're doing it because of empathy and just this is the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do regardless of what it means or whatever and teaching your body to view that as sustenance, you know? Yeah. And, just, and then practicing it and practicing it just like you would lifting weights or anything else. And, you know, some people will be like, that's not the real you or you're being fake. And it's just like, what is fake and what is real, dude? It's it's all depending on your blood sugar level for a lot of people. Yeah. And also, you know, in that instance, it's like, okay, well, you have some things you need to work on as well. I mean, we all do, certainly. But... Um, yeah, that never ends. You know? No. No, and it shouldn't. You know, like, the, the hard truth, it's like, that shit's hard, but it's supposed to be. That's... It's supposed to be work. Because if it was easy then it really wouldn't have needed work in the first place. Like, this shit's not supposed to be easy. Well, and it sucks all, sometimes, we're but all it's raised, good. And we've watched shit on TV, and, and our heroes are all, like, not that, you know? And, and, and most of our parents, you know, I say most. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there with the most amazing people, but, you know, most of our parents did their best, and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. But we're lucky as this generation to have all this information, which used to be, like, hidden, by the elder, elder tribesmen, you know what I mean? So now that information is no longer a thing, it's just like, what do you do with it? Who are you as a human being? And hopefully, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'd rather not be a dickhead. <laughs> I know for, for me, I'm always mindful of just trying to practice and lead with empathy and try to get out of my own way again. That it's like, good God, if I can do that, if I can do that consistently and figure out a way to harness that a little bit better, then it's just like, oh, I can... I can do anything I put my mind to. And that that's very exciting to me. 
in speaking with you right now, the, it, you just reminded me of probably the most important phenomenon that, in, with clarity that I've had, which is, you know, you hear your whole life, learn to love yourself, learn to accept yourself, learn to, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, you know, it always just came off as a trope or something that, like, your mom said to you to make you feel better after getting picked on, you know? Yeah. But the actual, like, the day that I understood what that felt like, which is not necessarily to love yourself, but just to treat yourself as well as you would any other loved one in your, you know what I mean? Like, be, yeah, I've, I've learned to be kind to yourself. Dude, that is the fucking golden rule besides the golden rule. Like, if yeah. you... If you do not know how to give yourself, now I don't mean a break, like so that you, if you're lazy or you don't do shit or whatever, no, you're, then you're then you're a putz and you got to work on that. Yeah. But but if your first place is to let that inner critic come in and just shit on you, you're you're living a life at ten percent. There's a whole other ninety percent that you're allowed to access, but you need to learn how to, you know, not go back to seventh grade. Or whenever that one time that just made yeah. you look stupid as fuck and you're like, never again. It's funny you say that. Like Some of the things that I feel like I've learned are be kind to yourself. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And just like, you know, just, <laughs> I feel like one of the, I feel like two very, very important things to life and to try to maintain as much as you can and to feel like you'll, like, I'll be okay if I can maintain these two things. And that is curiosity, which is a very... That's a thing I've had since birth, and I'm very lucky to have that. But also to maintain silliness, to understand the cosmic joke of it all and how silly everything is. Those two things have really, I feel like, helped me maintain sanity and perspective and put my best foot forward and try to be, you know, as good as I can. Yeah, and, and, and if, if you can get that, the invincibility that comes with that is just... Is just the tits, man. It is just so fucking cool, you know. It is, and it's not a, it's not an egotistical invincibility. It's a like, oh, now I can go through this process that I've been avoiding. Yeah, it's like you can absorb and endure pain, and then grow from that, as opposed to to wilt away. Yes, exactly. and that's important because life is fucking hard, and you, you have to deal with a lot of pain. And it's, you know, and I definitely have have failed. Not failed. Actually, that's not fair. Failed to me implies that you have hard times and you don't learn from them. But you've I've not succeeded in the degree to the degree by which I wish I had. And before I used to really harp on myself about that stuff because it's just that weird illogical uh need for perfection. You gotta be perfect. Right. Well which you is know, when you were thirteen ridiculous. or in your twenties, somewhere in there, it's like yeah. that worked. Yeah to just shit on yourself and be like no no you got to get up and fight but then also like it, you know at that age human beings between the ages of like 13 and 20 are built for war so mm -hmm. so like you know if you have that 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 little angel on your shoulder going like you suck you suck you got to get faster you got to get you got to lift more <clears throat> you got to yeah. do this you got to do that it kind of works because you're a fucking idiot you're a child you know, you don't know anything. You don't have yeah. life experiences. So this helps you get there. But then you get to your age. I'm, I'm, I'm 41 or two. I forget. I'm so in my 40s that I don't even shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. That you learn that like, oh, that's a spice. That's not a meal. You can't live on that. It has it to be. It is unsustainable. It yes. is completely unsustainable that like you, there has to be this motherly, loving, feminine side of you, if you will, that you have to let in. 
and you have to be able to fucking take care of yourself and express yourself so that you don't blow up and scare people around you especially if you're six foot two and have a deep voice you know what i mean it's just yeah. like a, it's it, then you spend your whole life apologizing and it just doesn't well, doesn't work and being that way is exhausting you know it's exhausting to hold to, to have that affect and to, to put that guard up and it's just like to, to not be able to like literally and figuratively just relax your shoulders and breathe. Yeah, then why are you here if you're not allowed to even have that, you know? Absolutely. You know, and I think that's part of, for me, like uh, around now, but earlier than that, you know, in my 30s, it's been a matter of fucking getting over myself and really just being comfortable with the good and the bad and trying to, you know, do do your best to grow as a person and continue that, but while also being mindful of enjoying the the ride and realizing that it's just wild that we're here in the first place. And if you really want to zoom out, because, I mean, the way in my psychedelic travels and research and stuff like that, my belief, and who gives a fuck what I think, but my belief is what at least basic physics we believe, which is energy can't be destroyed, it's just transferred, and that... We are literally all the same consciousness, just experiencing this in different meat suits and different DNA, but it's all the same fucking source. And that, like, there's really nothing to be afraid of. Like, there's the body death and body fear. Yeah. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do for that. I mean, if you're if you're Bezos and Bill Gates, they might be able to add a couple hundred years. Wait, and that'll be interesting to see. But like, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Like. Now, I'm also, like I've said this before, I'm saying this as somebody who isn't a parent. Now, if I had yeah, children, yeah. if I had children, I would have to, I would have to believe that my, what I just said would have a different tone to it. It would still be true, but it would have a different shape to the statement and maybe yeah. not so harsh. But like, there's nothing to worry about if you're a truthful, kind person in the big scheme. You're still going to get jumped, though. People are still going to call you names. Other human beings are going to give you shit. You'll probably get a virus here and there. Hopefully not the virus, but yeah. No, no, no absolutely. I mean, that's the virus so right now. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're in a new place. And if you want to, as a species, and if you want to survive it, enjoy it, and not end up on the news as one of these, like, meal team six dudes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to fucking chill out and and try kindness because the more you put it out there the more you get back and if you put it out there and you're not getting back you're hanging out with the wrong people yeah i absolutely believe that and uh you know i think about how we'll never have all the answers i'll never have all the answers and i find great comfort in that it makes me feel so relieved to know that and then it just makes me feel like you know whatever i i learn and figure out for myself in life and just in general you know just knowledge wise i suppose but I'm like, it's all a win. It's all a win. Dude, there's so much to existence that, that you know, our bodies just aren't built to detect, man. We only have yeah. five, maybe six senses, maybe in the future, you know? But think about all the shit that's happening in your room right now in front of you that you don't have an organ to detect. It's like, it's like this is such a bigger, it's so much, it, the word infinity is used so much, but nobody really understands it. It scares the shit out of me, but like, that's what we live in, you know? And, and you're okay. And then in, why I bring all this shit up is not to be fucking hippie McGraw, but it's it's to be like it. These things help me go like, okay, well, if it is all this, then maybe I will be nice to myself today, you know. And it's yeah. like, well, what does that mean for you today? I think I'm going to go to In and Out. All right, let's just do that. <laughs> and it's simple as that. 
you know, self-care is important. But yeah, in terms of like thinking about the, the infinitesimal nature of, of existence and where we are and how we are just a single person in a single place on a single planet in an unlimited galaxy in space and time, it contextualizes my life and it just makes me realize like I'm not shit and I'm going to do the best I can in this world and that's all you can do. Or even more, it's not even that I'm not shit. I don't know what I am and that's <laughs> yeah. fucking crazy. Like, that's the truth. Because you don't even know if you're not shit. You know, what if we are just on the quantum level of the universe that is above us, right? True. You know what I mean? Working on physics that doesn't make sense on the macro level like it does to them, like it does to us, right? And so, you know, when you you look at the human body, which is trillions and trillions and trillions of cells, if you zoom in, it looks like fucking New York City, you know? And I don't know if proteins have a soul. No biologist can tell you that. They're behaving, I don't know if they have a soul, but they're behaving and acting in that same way. And it's like, is that protein, does that protein not mean shit in you? No, it means a lot to you, because if not, you probably would end up with some kind of fucking horrible disease that hurts. So it's like, you mean something, but the term meaning has to change. It can't be the 90s version that you have. It's not a cranberry song. You know, (laughs) it's meaning is a thing that changes day to day, just like your perception and consciousness. Some days you're more conscious. Some other days you're just a basic bitch. And it's just learning how to, like, navigate those things. Well, yeah, it's like, what if, like, we're in a multiverse and we're just one of ourselves in all this, even within that that construct, which, I don't know, I like going down those mental rabbit holes. Just maybe it can be kind of, we don't know, so maybe it's just thinking about all these what ifs and maybe it's more of a distraction. Dude, I mean, if you really think about math, there's a there's a whole subset of a of philosophy that I love where it says math isn't real. We make it real. Two plus two equals four because we say so, but it might not outside of the human body. And I, and I know that like might not make sense to people, but it's just like the endless possibilities of this shit show. And I say that with all love and due respect, you know, is but just... I, but I know it's what just, you mean. Yeah, it's like meaning has too much meaning in current zeitgeist. Well, like not to be like nihilistic, but I do think about that type of stuff of like, I mean, we made all this shit up. It's a thing because we buy into it, you know, like two yeah, plus gives, two equals it, four because we've agreed that it does. And it gives you purpose and, it, and yeah. it's something that we don't have to think about. It's a something, all right, we figured that out. I don't have to worry about it anymore. You have to believe in something. But my trip being is just like, if you zoom out far enough, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, if... Maybe a simple little trick to get you through traffic when you're stuck on the fucking 10 is just be like, have fun zooming out or zooming in. So you're sitting in there and you're just, I don't know about you, but like the rage that I feel for the person in front of me when I'm stuck in traffic is just, I don't know where it comes from. It's biblical. I'm just like, I could fucking just destroy the world. But then I'm like... Oh, it's it's animal brain shit. It just comes out. And it's just a fucking chain of it. Of people looking for what's that movie where everybody's eating out of everybody's ass? The centipede. It's just a hate human centipede. Yeah, yeah. it's just a human hate centipede. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. When I drive, I'm an emotional human centipede. I think you know, which is funny too, because like even then, it's like it feels like an outer body experience because I can get fucking angry, and then once it levels out, I'm just like I respond as if that wasn't me, because it's just like oh well, that erupted out of me. They didn't use their blinker, and that pissed me off. And I'm not like rageful, but it definitely is like, it definitely goes against my otherwise pretty logical brain to have those experiences. I, no, I've, I've, I've ended up outside of the car. Like I've, you know, oh, wow. and like in, and in fights and stuff like that. And, and it is just 
pure luck that like I haven't had my ass kicked because you know that that wouldn't require very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, yeah. And it's just pure luck, and it's the same thing. I'm not that guy, but like that's we're subject to the terms and conditions of this this meat suit. That is true. And the more you can get to know it, you know, athletes know their bodies. They can tell after drinking a Gatorade, like the difference in electrolyte and sugars in their bodies and stuff like that. So it's it's the same it's the same thing to do to be able to do that with your meat suit and and, and realize that you're an electrical chemical glucose converter and and what ratio is can make a day good or bad. I know for me, I'm I'm as I'm primarily focused on the brain part, just to get my shit together there. And then hopefully, you know, the rest will follow. But too, it's the but... same. But it's the same principle. I'm saying the brain is it is a neural. It, it converts sugars into chemicals and impulses that then go to organs to trigger hormones. And you can not control it. And I'm not speaking for like schizophrenia or any of these yeah. bigger things. But um, you can control your life experience and what comes out of your what comes into your eyes and how you feel about that. If you're not. You're not a slave to it as much as you. I'm only saying this because I was for 38, 37 years. And I would never want any of you people, even my worst enemy, to feel that, man. Look, I, I would never wish depression and anxiety, let alone both, on my least favorite person on the planet. It's a, it's a real motherfucker. And it is, you know, <clears throat> and as somebody who has panic attacks, these just un, like these unfathomable awful things where you feel trapped within your own brain, they're indescribably awful. I yeah, I ugh, I, I can't imagine anybody enduring that. And I don't I don't wish that on anybody. And, and 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 you know, depending on where you are on the scale, it's you can make it better. And it's not some kind of thing that you have to all of a sudden become a different person. It is just it's no different than if I was like, hey, put this kind of oil in your car and it's just gonna add another five thousand miles to it and and yeah, you wouldn't give a shit. You just would do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I I do have a question. This is completely unrelated to this. You have a track on the Tron Legacy remixes album. Mm. I love that song. It's a great it's a great song, and it felt extremely appropriate. Also, that you're on that soundtrack just because it's your music, and I know people have said this plenty, is very very cinematic and very sci-fi aesthetic. Tron really seems to fit your sensibility because it's very sleek and interesting. I, I love that movie. How did that come about as well? Is it with M83? Is that part yeah. of it? So um, for a couple of tours, um, I play guitar uh, in Anthony's band, you know, just to fill in. Yeah. And uh, we had befriended each other, and we have a lot of the same representation and, and mutual friends. So at the time I, it was just like, again, serendipity where he was like, he called me up and he's like, I'm doing this thing. Would you like to do, do it with me? And so he had come up with the vocal melody. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And so, you know, I took that and just ran with it. You know what I mean? And so, and then, and then it would hand it back to Anthony and then he'd be like, oh, I would take this part out or I'm into this part. And then that was, that was it. You know, it was just a very, again, serendipitous thing, man. You know, and that's the, I got to tell you, I'm really good at what I do. I can play most things better than most people. And that still doesn't mean shit, man. But you know, if, if you're just an honest person and, and you, and you're not a dick, then you might end up being called to be in, in M83 to fill in. Right. Yeah. 
And then if, and if you're not a prick, then I don't know, Anthony might have a different opinion, but like, <laughs> then th somebody might call you up and be like, Hey, I'd like you to do this. And there's a lot to be said for being, I'm not a good dude, but I want to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, people have to want to work with you. Well, I'm just saying that there's a lot, there's a lot to be said where it's like, you can be talented, Yeah. but if, if, if you're just a fucking shit to hang around with, I don't care. Yeah. You know, like there's a few people that can get away with that, like Prince. Yeah. You can be a unicorn, but those are the exception and not the rule. Yeah. And it, I don't know, man. It's just, again, it all goes back to just be kind to yourself and stop thinking that you're supposed to be the rule. Maybe you're the exception. To quote in vogue, free your mind and the rest will follow. I, one of my favorite songs ever written. I it's mean, an I, amazing song. At, at, at 10 years old with a Walkman mowing the lawn to that shit. It's a great song. I remember hearing that and seeing the video too. It's just a, God, it's so fucking powerful. It's such a good song. I love that. And I love Black Cat era Janet Jackson. Yes. <sighs> I think I think you just filled out my day. Perfect. That's a win for me, for sure. I do want to ask you one more thing. Just what are you listening to right now? Here, let me bring up Spotify and I can tell you. Perfect. Let's see. Steve Vai, Millie Vanilli, Les Baxter, uh, Philip Glass. There's this German crooner called mm -hmm. Gerhard Wendland that I've been listening to. Jan Django Reinhardt. Yes. That's that's been this week. The first concert I ever went to was Millie Vanilli. Oh my god, you saw that live? <laughs> yeah. I did. Did you have any idea? Could you tell? No, I had no idea. Unsurprisingly, they sounded just as good as they did on the album. Of course. <laughs> it was yeah, I mean it was just Millie Vanilli. We had no idea. It's wild to just say that you went and saw them live, considering obviously what we learned after. But yeah, it was like that and New Kids on the Block. Those were like the first two I saw. Wow. Yeah, what a one-two combo. I would. I saw. I think the last big concert I went to was the Backstreet Boys reunion. How was that? I bet they put on a show. That was one of the best nights of my life, man. Uh, one of my close friends, his wife was, you know, like, "Come on, you want to go? You want to go?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." She's like, "I got you a ticket." I'm like, oh, "I don't know." And she's like, "I'm picking you up." I'm like, "Okay." And then we went, <laughs> and it was, oh, man. You know, because at that, at, at the when they came out, I, you know, I was obviously anti that, but like, I love those Max Martin songs. Yeah. And being in a crowd of like thirty to forty year old women, everybody just screaming at the top of their lungs, singing, was just it was nice, man. Because I, you know, usually I, I've gone to metal concerts or you go to a hockey game or something like that. It's just all like bro time at, at Bro City, but like this was like everybody was happy, and there were no bros. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that that yeah if i'd seen that if i'd gone to that show back when i was in my massive affectation days i would have been working overtime to hate it and but now though to see it now yeah see people that would just be it. like like just oh that would be such a great experience you know what i'm really stoked about is cynicism and sarcasm i think is going to be out of style when it comes to art which is great because i'm really earnest <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i definitely it's funny that having more confidence in who I am or whatever I am and trying to figure that out and doing the work and continuing to, unsurprisingly, I am so much less sarcastic than I used to be. Yeah. It it, it works. Like I said, it's a, it's a spice, but it's not the meal. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't want to take too much more of your time up, but this is great. I love this. This was so fun. 
I, I'm I'm humbled that you'd ask, and thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Like yeah, like I said, yeah, your music's meant a lot to me, and it I just it's a thing where it's like dire- goes directly into my veins. I respond to it on a biological level. So thank you. Well, lucky for, for both music. of us. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what you do next. You know, after you said you're working on more stuff and really flourishing. You know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope people find use for it. Yeah, and just yesterday your new music video came out, which is great. Thank you very much. Did you film that during COVID? No, that was okay. done. That was filmed last year, and then yeah, no, actually the second half was shot during COVID, but everybody had masks on except for me. Logistically, yeah, I can imagine that was complicated, but it's a great video. Air conditioned dork just came out yesterday on YouTube. Highly recommend that. Yeah, it's uh, the director's Warren Commerce. He's an, an amazing artist. He's directed uh, a, lot a of, couple of your videos, a lot yeah, of right? My stuff. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, if he sees something for your shit, just go with it. No, he's very good at what he does. Your videos are great. Yeah, let him know. Yeah. Tell him that. I will. I'm gonna try to talk to him. In fact, that'll be fun. Yeah. Anything else you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? No, man. I, actually, that's a good. That's a good idea. Have Warren on your on your podcast. Okay, cool. I would love to talk to him. He seems very good at what he does. I agree. Thank you again. I love this. Thank you all for listening. Please wear a mask. Be kind to yourself. Practice empathy. It's okay to not be okay. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.